Hello, my fellow movie fans, and welcome to another show of Feast of Films Theatre. Today, starring Matthew Black and Ethan R. Hill. There, that's the intro. Oh, yeah. Classic. Classic. What's going on, my fellow movie fans? Welcome to A Feast of Films, episode number 13. I'm your host today, Matt Black, and with me as always is... Ethan R. Hill, and you got the intro this time, Matt. That's really great. I did. I'm, I did. I'm so... after 13 weeks, <laughs> you're finally able to say it right. <laughs> uh, you guys obviously weren't here for just this previous recording, but I totally introduced the other show that I'm working on for my other channel, Storytellers for Life. I introduced that show and I was like, wait a minute, that's not right. Ethan's just staring at me like I'm some kind of crazy dude. Did we change the name of the oh. podcast? What's going on? Did I sleep through something? <laughs> what year is this? Ethan's like, I, I missed the memo. I missed the memo. What is Let going me on check here? my emails here. <laughs> oh man just the moments where it's like oh boy you just embarrass yourself but it's all it's all in good fun it's all in good fun we had a great time but uh yeah episode 13 today we've been doing we have this is our 13th episode but because of the star wars bonus ones we've actually been doing this for what 14 14 weeks, 15 I, think. weeks? I think 14 something cause... around there yeah well i guess the one we i guess the one star Wars one we released the same week so yeah. we didn't miss so a week 14. that week say 14 weeks we've been doing this for 14 weeks and that's so yeah 14 weeks is that longer than you thought we'd be going on for matt <laughs> dude honestly like i was like uh I was surprised at first i thought maybe we'll do like five weeks yeah our first star wars special when we got there i was like yeah look at us go and now we're just tired we're just super tired today is today has been a doozy <laughs> of a day it's been a doozy of a week We've had to reshuffle our recording time. I'm, I've had to reshuffle my recording space because it's like friggin' hot outside. It's thirty degrees upstairs, and I would not—I would not have been able to survive closing up everything just to record this for good audio. I would—it <laughs> would have just been <laughs> just now. Like I'm—I'm I'm, uh... I'm sweating enough downstairs, but like, like it's—it's it's at least kind of cool here. But oh no, it's just. <laughs> And dude, dude, that's what's important. So clearly, me saying the wrong name of our show is the least of our worries. It's uh, lucky episode thirteen, and that's, uh, that's what I'm gonna blame it on. And we're off to a great start. Here we go, and we even have a better year because we're talking about the best and worst films of 2013. Spoiler alert: It was a pretty average as hell year. So uh, we have a debate break coming at you we got a great debate going on there we're prepared we're ready to go Definitely. and uh, of course at the very end question of the day so make sure you stick around for all that stuff and subscribe if you're watching us on youtube follow us on the other platforms as well and uh yeah let's get to so, it uh, the best films of 2013 before we jump in I i'm curious matt uh what did you what did you watch this week how has your week been for viewing? oh you know what yes let's, let's do that. that let's because... talk about films you know what yeah <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I, you did mention some earlier, and I forgot about it. Okay, yes. How was your week for viewing? Freaking terrible. Freaking awful. <laughs> I had a terrible time. I only watched two things. The Saving Grace here is I've been playing Wolf Among Us, which is just a really good game, really good story. So I've been playing that, which has been nice. But right. But we watched Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which I really, really wanted to like because I like Kevin Smith and I like Jay and Silent Bob. But it just wasn't, 
it was missing its magic. It just wasn't the wasn't same. the same. And wasn't the same. It just, it just bummed me out by the end because I'm like, okay, all right. At least Kevin Smith had fun. He got to make a movie with his friends. That's my big takeaway. But it just, it just, it was not. I didn't feel energized after watching that one. It's always a little disappointing when something comes back after so long and you're like, I'm hoping it's still going to be as amazing as I remember it. And then it's just not. It's just not. That's Yeah, that's always a bummer, man. That's always a bummer. Well, and the second thing we watched, which kind of ties into that too, uh, we watched Scoob. That oh, new Scooby-Doo movie. I totally avoided that film. I blamed it on coronavirus, but in truth, I was like, I ain't watching that. So, like, I don't want to say I'm a diehard. I love Scooby-Doo, like, but it looked questionable. Like, I wouldn't say I'm a diehard Scooby-Doo fan, but, like, I, I really, I enjoy Scooby-Doo. I quite enjoy Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. This was a children's movie dressed up like a Scooby-Doo film and had nothing to do with Scooby-Doo whatsoever like it was not it was not great it was pretty rough oh they were really focused on trying to set up like a hanna-barbera expanded universe as opposed to just making a good scooby-doo movie like oh was yogi bear there no uh blue falcon and dino mutt and then captain caveman okay like they, they, they picked those guys but they're like like the movie is more of like a blue falcon and dino mutt movie featuring shaggy and scooby with like fred velma and daphne doing their own thing and like is there like a mystery that they're trying to solve not really no not? not really a mystery it's kind of framed like a mystery but it's more like an adventure movie than an actual like mystery so it was just it was pretty pretty rough and like as so, like again as a fan of scooby-doo yeah. it was just disappointing but so like not like sp- like as in its spirit it wasn't scooby-doo oh hands down it was not it was definitely it was it was made to just capitalize on scooby-doo's name and that was it and it sucks sucks. and like at the end of the day though i'm glad that i still watched it so i could like know so i knew i wasn't missing out on something and like there Mm -hmm. there are a couple funny moments here and there i can't think of them right now but there was a couple funny moments um but overall it was just like it was mildly disappointing but then we watched afterwards to you know cleanse our palate and restore our faith and scooby-doo we watched the supernatural scooby-doo crossover which oh is, nice good call so good which is and like magic and at, yeah at the end of the day as much as like as much as those movies kind of bum me out this week it's not going to take away from like the movies that came before them which is always nice like i can always go back and watch whatever scooby-doo i want i can watch any other kevin smith film i want and it doesn't like the new yeah. films don't really take away from that which is nice and i'm kind of content with that and it just it just it was but it just, it wasn't, I didn't need to watch two rough movies in one week. I should have, I should have picked a good well, one to watch. <laughs> you should maybe spread them out a little yeah. bit. But no, that you, you make a good point, man. At the end of the day, when things get rebooted or remakes, because like, that happens all the time. Yep. And it's going to just keep happening more and more and more. At the end of the day, even if they're terrible movies, we still have the originals. We can just completely ignore those other ones exist if you want to, if you choose to, and you still have the originals. Exactly. So you're, it's still, you're, still, you're still winning. You don't lose anything by them making it. You just don't necessarily gain anything either. So it can be disappointing. Um, I watched one and a half really great movies just the last uh, this last week here. Uh, I think it was like Saturday night, Sunday night. One of the two. 
Um, I've been watching uh, Last Kingdom as well, and uh, a couple episodes in, it's starting to get interesting. So we'll see how that kind of pans out and where it goes from there. Yep. But the first one I watched that I hadn't watched in a long time, and it was on Netflix, it was back on Netflix, and I was like, hell yeah, I gotta watch this. That was Hot Rod. So that's another one of those Andy Samberg and gang movies. Yeah. I love that movie. That movie makes me laugh so much. So much. that I don't know if I like it more than Popstar or less, but they're very close as far as how much I like them. <laughs> it's just It's just silly fun. Like, you got Andy Samberg and the boys, you know, he's a stuntman and he does terrible stunts, so you got the physical comedy. They have, like, great timing with their nerdy awkwardness, so you got that kind of stuff. And, again, Ian McShane is in that one as well oh, as his is, dad. And, yeah, he is. I was, like, I was watching, I was like, oh, there he is! There's the man himself. And, like, his whole goal is, like, beat the crap out of his stepdad. And then when he finds out he's dying, like, it's about saving his stepdad so he can beat the crap out of his stepdad. <laughs> like, it's just great. It's just great. That was awesome. I need to rewatch And then that I watched... One. And then I watched uh, Half of Accepted. That That's one a with, good one. Uh, Just, came out, Justin like, Long. 2006. Justin yeah. Long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's another one of like probably my all time favorites. Ask like me I don't about know why I just wiener. love it. It just yeah, like it that film just works. It's just a great feel good oh, yeah. film. So anytime I can have the opportunity to watch it, I definitely check it out. But only got halfway because the internet crapped out, and you know, it's like there's no internet, and I was like, okay, well I guess I'm not watching the rest of this film. Crap, but no. I, dude, I watched some great movies. That sucks. You got some pretty yeah. bad ones though, because I had fun. I had fun. One and a half movies. It was worth it. I guess it. that's, but that's the gamble you take when watching a new movie, right? You don't know if it's gonna be good. You don't know if it's gonna be bad. Like, it's a fifty-fifty yeah. shot. So, and I just happened to get the. Uh, <sighs> You're right. The bad downside of it, but I'm pretty sure you just got like double whammy. I'm pretty sure there are people out there who like those films too. They just weren't my thing, and uh, yeah, it was just. Just kind of a, it's again, it's not really what I needed this week. I needed, I needed some good pick me ups this week. That would have been nice. Well, yeah. But I chose. Speaking of films you liked, and uh... <laughs> chose poorly. Well, talking about things you like and pick me up films. Let's get into our best films of 2013. Do we have Ethan, to, what were your favorite do ones? We yes, to? we do. We uh, do. Okay. It's part of the job, man. It's part okay. of the job. And I, I so. guess I'll pre like, I guess I'll just mention quickly. 2013 probably isn't our favorite year. We looked through the movies. We're like, ah, there just wasn't a lot for us to like. Yeah, really love. There wasn't a lot that I hated either. There was just a lot of really mediocre movies that elicit no emotional response whatsoever so maybe those are the worst movies you have to see but anyway let's do the best ones so i found go ahead found Ethan. five that i really really enjoyed and i kind of like bounced between which was i enjoyed them more than the others but uh so i had world's end which is uh simon Pegg, nick frost uh, alien invasion movie uh it was pretty fun it's like Oh, it's where like the group yeah, of friends yeah, yeah, try and go yeah. on like that uh, pub crawl that they fa failed when they were kids, and they f uncover an alien uh, conspiracy. So that one was pretty fun. Right. It's like it's like the third film in that Shaun of the Dead uh, Hot Fuzz trilogy. 
I did not. I did not watch that one all the way through. I think I've seen bits and pieces of it. Haven't seen the whole thing. It's though, a fun time. It's, I like those guys were great. Those guys are great. Man. I didn't like it as much as Hot Fuzz fun. and as Shaun of the Dead, but like it was still pretty solid. <laughs> oh, Hot Fuzz is so good. Um, yeah. Second one's also another world-ending one. It's uh, this is the end with uh, Seth Rogen, Jay Baruchel. Those yeah, guys. I like, know which one you're talking about. Yeah, so funny. And like I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it a few years later um because my roommate of all people recommended to me and he hates most of those guys and like any other thing but Mm -hmm. he's like no dude this movie is absolutely hilarious and it really is like honestly like it's one of the funniest movies i've seen in such a long time like it was it's okay i enjoyed it quite a bit man i it was pretty average for me that's that's fine that's fair it had some funny like elements i liked how all the celebrities were like everyone was just playing themselves that was great like there was a lot of little things in there that was fun, but uh, for me, like ultimately the I movies kind of be- middle the ground. The beginning for me. was really good, and then like mm. some of the middle was good, but then it kind of like lulls for a bit. Fell apart at the and end. Yeah. I, see, I like the very end, like the really like when they're all trying to escape the house, and like they're kind of either dying or getting sucked up to heaven, like that kind. I like that bit, but like the part leading up to that was kind of mediocre. Like. It's a it's a roller coaster of waves and it's it's just a good like it's a good background one like it's a good one to just kind of throw on when you just want a good giggle. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, there was The Conjuring, which I think is a very effective horror movie and one of the <sighs> honestly one of the scariest ones I've seen in a long time. Yep. Like it's like it traumatized me when I watched it the first time. It still scares me. Like it still does scare me quite a bit. The second one not so much. Like I enjoy the second one more than it scares me. But uh the first conjuring like really just still they they their use of their use of the tropes of jump scares against you by not putting jump scares where there should be is incredible the amount of tension they mm. built like they built so much tension the tension that that's first, where it is yeah like that first hour of the movie basically nothing happens and then suddenly the tension breaks and you're like ah, everything's terrible but like <laughs> No, that one's a really good one. Uh, Evil Dead, the 2013 remake sequel thing, I really enjoyed. Um, I never saw that. Do you like the Evil Dead series, or not really? I'm so-so on it. I know a lot of people, like, really love it, and I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah. I really liked the remake. A lot of people but I know didn't because it was too bloody, which is a weird thing to say about an Evil Dead movie. That makes zero yeah, sense. Yeah, that seems strange. But, like, it's... <laughs> As soon as, like, the violence started happening, it was so over the top that I rem- it reminded me, because, like, the beginning is very old, like, very modern horror, where it's like, ah, uh, it's super serious and super dark and all this kind of stuff. But then, the like, the the killing starts happening, and it just goes really ultra-violent really fast and immediately becomes slapstickish, yeah. which, like, to me, just screams Evil Dead. So everyone in the theater is cringing. I'm laughing my head off. Because it's just really, to me, it's funny. It's Evil Dead. So I just think it's funny. Like, and, this works. and on top of it, too, like, gore in movies doesn't really bug me because I see it as makeup effects. So, like, oh, yeah. how'd they pull that off with liquid latex and stuff like that? I know they didn't really do this. So, like, I was more of excited by the um, things Idea that were happening. And all the... Because it's, again, yeah. as a makeup effects Because of the background like, knowledge of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, is the first movie that I went to in theaters after a bad breakup. So, like, my friends dragged me to it. So there's a bit of positive memories there that might be biasing it a bit. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. 
and then Machete kills. That was, uh, have you seen the Machete franchise? Or I guess the two movies? No. <laughs> this is a, dude, I honestly, like, I just, before you, I'll let you talk about it here right away. But our, like, top films for 2013 couldn't be more different except for The Conjuring. But anyway, carry on. No, that's oh, interesting. So Machete just has a special place in my heart because it's, like, it's, it's just, it's, it's Robert Rodriguez making, uh, basically a Mexican exploitation film. Right. And like, it's just, it's just really ridiculous, over the top, and crazy, like, so much so the third movie, which hasn't happened yet, maybe it will, probably won't, is Machete Kills Again in Space. <laughs> and it's basically, he's just like, he's this, uh, I want to say he's an ex-Federale, who just gets hired to kill people, and then he gets caught into conspiracy, and this is the sequel film, and it's even more ridiculous than the first one. Yeah. And like, I don't know. If you yeah. just, like, fun, like, purposefully silly um, action movies, like, then then I'd yeah. recommend it. If you're a fan of Robert Rodriguez, I'd recommend it. Like, it's it's a solid flick. Well, and that's, like, Danny Trejo, yeah, too, 100%, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, go in watching it. Don't, He's great. Don't take it too seriously and don't have high expectations. Just but, have like, fun it's, with it's it. It's a fun movie. It's a good time. Like, I enjoyed it. And that's my list, and that's honestly the most I have to say about the films of 2013, which is kind of sad. Like, I wish I had more to say, but I don't know, man. Maybe maybe you'll bring stuff up that I'll click in with. But... Oh, I'm sure I'll be bringing stuff up, man. I'm sure I'll be bringing stuff up. Um, No, though, that's an interesting list. A lot of those I haven't seen, so I can't really directly comment on the quality or if they're good or not. Uh, Danny Trejo, though... Honestly, you stick that guy in anything, oh, he's great. and it 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 works. Like somehow it works. It's so strange because oh. he's such a he's such a like he's a badass. So that's like the dude's like seventy right now. I think that's right? the other thing with it too. Um, his character name in Spy Kids is Machete, and he's supposed to be <laughs> the same character as his character in Spy Kids. <laughs> that's pretty great. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but he can be so he can be in Spy Kids and in this Machete series, oh, yeah. and like the same character, but yet somehow they both Dude, work. Him in Desperado, um, he's great in Desperado, and I think that was one of his one of his first roles. So I don't think it was his first one, but it was one of them, and he's fantastic in that movie. Like, but it's just it's just it just amazes me how like he's such a very. I don't know, stereotypical kind of badass action star looking type of dude, right? And he's very intimidating. And you think he'd only work in like certain films that are kind of built around that. But he just shows up everywhere and it just works. works Like it's so, that was a weird little voice crack thing that happened there. I'm not sure what that was. I got to like bring it, bring it back down. I I just got (laughs) to bring it back down. uh, definitely not but no it, it's just crazy to me how it works it just it's one of like life's greatest mysteries because he can be in spy kids or machete or he was in um uh like those grindhouse films yep. that would that was um, come the come out that would come out right in, i can't remember which one he was in i want to say he was in uh was he in planet chair i feel like he yes yeah, i, feel like I he think it was that one it's, it's, i think it was Robert that rodriguez one. again um, he was in yeah, he was in yeah. the Flash series actually for a while too. 
Well, and that's what I was. That was that was my other point too. He was in that, and then he's in Flash, and yet it works. Oh yeah, it's just it's just funny. It's one of life's greatest mysteries. Sometimes actors are just like that, though. It's not like they're necessarily like the most ranged actors. They just somehow make it work. They just fit. They're believable. They just and it works. Nicely, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things. So I can see how that machete's probably great, it's, and I'm actually interested in checking that out. I think now. you'd get a kick out of it. I think it's again, it's kind of in a pair. It's in a it's in a homage slash parody area of uh, of exploitation films. So I think, as I said, it's it's a fun mm. time. It's definitely rated R. Definitely, actually, I think all of these films on my list are rated R this year, which is weird for me. But like, that's what it is. That was 2013. 2013, the year after the world was supposed to end, was a very R-rated year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot the world was supposed to end in 2012. And then it didn't, and we got a really average year of because movies. Is were... this how we celebrate, guys? Is this how we're celebrating? No, they released all the movies, the good movies in 2012, just in case. Just in case, yeah. They they're prepped. like, just in case we all die, guys. Just, just. Just dump them all in twenty. And then it didn't end. They're like, "Crap! What do we do now?" Well, I guess like, I guess we have we these. Put out? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um. This is the end. I again. I guess I already mentioned that. I just found it pretty average for the most That's part. That's fair. It, it did have some funny little tropes and little things in there and little twists. So it was okay, but it wasn't super great. But that's kind of how I feel about most of twenty thirteen. Yeah. that was pretty okay yeah yeah like there there's it has its moments it definitely has its moments um but yeah anything else you gotta say for your best of 2013 or honestly it's... no man like i feel bad i feel really pretty bad because like this is not <laughs> a good way to start these movies a, were okay not a good way to start a podcast <laughs> yeah well what are you gonna do what are you gonna do Okay, well, I'll go into mine. Uh, best films of 2013. I'm sure these will elicit a lot of feelings. Fill up that runtime, man. Uh, Fill up that runtime as well. Well, you know, you know, I don't, I don't want to get into too big of a discussion, but okay. So I picked one film for my best film, and then I got a couple honorable mentions. All right, all right, all right. Um, so my best film, and <laughs> man, people are gonna be like, "Are you effing kidding me?" Like, people don't dig this movie, and I. I, I love this movie. I enjoy watching it so much. I think it's one of the most underrated comic book movies ever made. It's Man of Steel. I oh. love Man of Steel. I forgot it Man is, of Steel came out in 2013. It is, like, it's not my favorite, like, comic book movie ever, but it is up there. Like, it is... It is way more nuanced and in-depth than a lot of people give it credit for. And Zack Snyder really thought out the character and the motivations. And he thought to levels... Well, no, he. Th I think he thought to levels beyond most people are willing to look at. Everyone wants, like, your classic superhero movies. So there's not a lot of thinking. It's just, like, beat him up, smash him up. But then people were pissed and all the city got, just like, pretty much wiped out. And I don't understand that at all. Because I'm like, you're talking about superhuman beings here. Like, not just, like, Batman. You're talking about gods. Literal gods. How can you not expect that city to fall to pieces? Like, it totally made sense, and I don't know why people were so upset about it. Anyway. It's because a lot of people were expecting to have a weird mix of Superman, 1970, like, the 1970 Superman and Superman 2. 
And I think that was foolish for a lot of people going into it because, like, it's it's a different interpretation of Superman. And I have my issues with it, and I can speak to them at some point. But, like, I also, I knew, I knew, I, I think I remember seeing it on the list when I was looking, and I'm like, oh, there's Matt's number one pick. <laughs> like, it, it it is my number one pick. And, yeah, there's a lot of people who, like, really dislike it. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, one of the things that really worked for me was how Clark's journey was very relatable. We all are trying to figure out who we, we are, right? Because this was a journey, it wasn't like of Superman, and everyone wanted Superman, and that's fine, it's a Superman film. I get why people went in there being like, we should have Superman, like, in his prime, like, top-notch, like, good old, like, you know, American flag, apple pie, <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever, you know. Truth, justice, the American way. Well, he, he, good old he apple was pie. kind of. Like, my, my big complaint was that it just there could have been a balance between it being Clark and Superman. Like you could have had it where it's like he earns by the end of the movie, he earns to become Superman. And like in this one, it didn't really feel like he did. Like it kind of felt like a big part, a big problem I have is just the lack of respect to the secret identity. Like how easy it was for Lo for Lois to find out who he was, how she kept calling him Clark. Like their relationship in these movies don't really make much sense to me as a dynamic. Like it's just like it, it, to me, it feels like Zack Snyder's like, who cares about secret identities? Out the window. Like, and that's a problem. I, no, that's a problem that, I have. That with, one worked. It worked for me with Lois. In all honesty, with modern superhero films, well, that's just a problem I have recently is the secret identities don't matter. But it's not a thing yeah, anymore. It's, and so it's, much, yeah. and it's dumb. I dislike that. And that's just a personal preference. But like, no, I like I like Amy Adams as Lois. I just don't like how easily he gave in to her when she shows up at his grave or his dad's grave and is like, Oh, so you must be Superman. And he shows up and is like, yes, I am. And it's like, I know the scene wasn't that, but that's basically what the scene was. And like, I feel like, <laughs> well, not, I feel like, not it been, like, like if she... I feel like there could have been more of a cat and mouse kind of thing of like, she's like, I know you're Superman. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just some nerd. And like, I feel like there could have been more of that kind of dynamic between them, which would have led to a bit more of an interesting scene. I think that's what I'm saying. Like, my problem, nah. my problem with it isn't necessarily the quality of movie that it is. It's just that it could have been a bit better. There are little things that would have, like, they could have changed that would have made it better. I don't think people's complaints about the city being destroyed, I think, are kind of weak. Because, like, yes, Superman. Super weak. Because here's the thing: Superman might be like, "Yes, let's take it out of here." But like, do you really think that the do you really think that the supervillain is going to listen to that? Like, I thought, well, especially like, the destruction here, of Smallville, the, he, I, I liked. I liked the destruction of Smallville. Yeah. I loved that. That was a good, especially for him, who, like, that's that's his home. Like, mm -hmm. that's a massive, like, kick in the teeth, right? Like, but for me, I think, I think a lot of people just look at it where it's not their ideal Superman. And, like, I'm one of them, too, where I want... I want Superman in a Superman movie, but I think a lot of people took it a little too far with how much they hated it, and that's also how we got Batman v Superman <laughs> and Justice League. Yeah, exactly. So... Like it was part of the problem, man. People, people don't realize how much like they can become part of the problem too, and make things worse instead of actually <laughs> making things better. Because no one, no one really speaks for all the fans, right? Yeah. Like. We can both be fans and have both two completely different views well, of how to make movies better or worse, right? 
So no one, one person speaks for everybody. Like no one's unanimously like, yes, all the fans think this. Maybe a majority of them do, but you can't, you know, not all of them. Question for you. Um, Pa Kent's death in this one. How did you feel about it? Mm-hmm. I liked it. It worked for me. The scene worked for me just with like everything they'd been building up to. Yeah, I guess so. And how how much how much Pa because Pa Kent's whole thing was like don't let the world like see you right like don't go out there like they're gonna be scared of you they're gonna like you know uh, that worked uh, you're gonna cause a lot of problems right and which is fair like he's just trying to look out for the guy yeah. and. Because he knows the world's not going to accept him the way he accepts him. He's protecting And it's very true. Like, the world doesn't. And, like, how, you know, the rest, the other two films kind of get into that a little bit. Kind um, of. Kind of. But not really. Kind of. But they definitely derailed after that one. It definitely deserved more of a true sequel than Batman v Superman. Than throwing Batman in there. But, <laughs> yeah. But then to ultimately give his life in that, because that's not just something he he saying just so the kid doesn't fly off and throw a truck at somebody. You know what I mean? Like this is something that's so core to his character and what he believes that he's willing to die for that belief. Like, don't save me. Like, well, like just you're you know do you, but don't do you. You know what I'm saying? I think if it was anything, <laughs> don't show the world your power. To me, I feel like if it was anything not but yet. a tornado. I would have been okay with it. The tornado thing was kind of weird because there's a, he could have totally saved his dad from that tornado without being seen. He could have, I know he could have, I know. Well, number one, so Superman's greatest power is the writers. (laughs) That's literally, that's (laughs) yeah. Superman is always as strong as the writer needs him to be. So in that moment, they specifically chose to make him not fast enough to save his dad from a tornado, but he totally could have been. Whereas, like, if it was, like, like maybe this would have been worse, or maybe it would have been better, I don't know, because it, it didn't happen. But, like, imagine if it was something as simple as, like, Pa Kent crossing the street and getting ran over by a car, but, like, Clark couldn't run and save it because it's a busy street. Like, so he couldn't save mm. Like, something like that. Like, yeah. that's why I like, again, not to compare it to the 70s one, but that's why I like the 70s one, is the way his dad dies as a heart attack. There's no way that Clark could have stopped him from that. That's you're dying of natural causes, right? Well, yeah, but that would completely go in the face of the narrative that Zack Snyder had set up for Pa Kent. No, and I, I can agree with that. I can I can see where you're what you say with that. It's it's funny because I feel like yeah, this yeah, is the reverse yeah. of last week's conversation with Amazing Spider-Man Two, where it's like it's like yeah, I see what you're talking about, but I still disagree. <laughs> yeah. pretty much man this is this is exactly it like for me again like going back to this film and just what really worked for me i think for the most part is number one going into it like i don't know i was never a huge superman fan i loved batman that's fair everyone loves batman but like superman he didn't get as much like you know, his animated series wasn't, like, as big as Batman's animated series. I still love it. Like, he never got the same type of... Well, um, if you weren't into comic books, he wasn't as much in the spotlight. Everyone knew of him. His logo was plastered everywhere. But it's like, you like Batman better. You know what I mean? Because Batman was there. The other thing to remember with it, too, so, and I do have to remind myself on a regular basis, this Superman was supposed to cross over with Christian Bale's Batman. Because Chris Nolan came on. Oh, were he, they going to do that? Yeah, he 
Chris Nolan produced or helped executive produce this one because they were going to have it in the same kind of universe. And they were going to mm-hmm. kind of build up that kind of crossover thing. So if you look at what the Superman that they introduced in this film and compare that to the Christian Bale, like Dark Knight Batman, like if you compare those two, you could see them showing up in the same film. It makes more sense. Right. And that's. Because I want to say that's why. I'm trying to remember what exactly happened with that, but it could just be that Man of Steel. No, I'm trying to remember what happened, but that was at least maybe that was the rumor mill. I don't know. I just remember that being a thing. That being a thing that a lot of people were talking about is like, ah, oh, that's what we're going to get crossover with. And then we didn't get a proper follow up or. Well, OK, so, yeah, like I'm not 100 percent sure he was like, I know he was like the executive producer on that. And uh, but I'm not 100 percent sure because Nolan had an idea exactly how he was ending his Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, but the studio was I don't we know if the studio was going to override <laughs> well, that. The studio wanted to do its own thing, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, it depends how it would have went. Would have been interesting. Well, the more I'm, the but, more I'm learning about the Snyder Cut, like, and I'm still mixed on it, man. Of Justice League, the more I'm learning about it, the more I'm learning how much it was the studio's calls to like make Justice League the way that it was, rather than Joss Whedon's. It was a lot of the studio being like, "Hey, man, come do it this way. Come make this movie. We'll give you Batgirl if you do it this way. Just listen to us. We don't want to do Zack Snyder's thing. We want to do it this way." Mm-hmm. And a lot of it comes down to studio interference for a lot of a lot of movies. Warner Brothers pretty notorious for that. For trying to. Well, yeah, especially at that time, they were not great. Even now, man. Again, Scoob. Well, no. They made, they yeah, made like... Scoob, man. They made Scoob. <laughs> War- Studios aren't always like the they best. don't have but the best interest. Fair. In like they're they're. They're investing a lot of money, which right? is like fair. at the end of the day, it's the studio's money. So it's ultimately fair that they do are involved to some degree. But again, that's why I'm very like I'm a huge fan of saying like, "Hey, everyone, get your shit together and then make the movie you agree to make." Like anything after that, it's like, well, if you don't like that idea anymore, well, then that's your problem. Yep. But, I mean, I get that's not how business works, but you know that's just the way I think. Like if you guys are agreed on the movie you're making and everyone makes that movie okay if someone starts going off loose cannon and starts going far left or far right or taking things into crazy different directions well fair enough the studio can step in and say you know uh that's not the film we agreed to make or the other way around right the problem is the studio tries to come in and tell a director to change it like well that's not this film we agreed to make (laughs) but then directors don't get that power (laughs) unless they have a specific in their contract they have to have a director's cut clause where they can actually have the final cut, or they get a version of their film. Yeah. So, but... Yeah, it's the way it works, but... No, I just... I, I like I liked Man of Steel. It really worked for me. At the end of the day, it was, it was a man trying to figure out who he was. Yeah. Trying to find his purpose in the world. And, that was, and that's a story we can all relate to, right? Like, no one can relate to Superman and the fact that he's all-powerful. But can, we can relate to his journey of trying to find where he belongs. Because we're all trying to find where we belong in this planet like he ain't the only one alone and the thing that really i think at the end of the day worked so well for me with like everything he had zack snyder had set up in this film and i wish he would have got a sequel yeah but even when he finally finds out who he is and he finds out his origin he finds out he's kryptonian he find like he finds the ship right and uh his father's little robot ai ghost kind of yeah. thing you know talking to him which is like awesome that was that was a really cool 
uh, addition there. But then his people show up. And of course, they're just a bunch of murdering psychos. So, like, awesome. You finally found your people. Oh, too bad. The only ones left are crazy as hell. And then he ultimately has to kill the last of his people to save humanity. Um, so he just finds them. Now he has to kill them. I think well, the one. Fiora's still... I think, and now he's truly alone in the universe. Aren't there some still... So that's kind of the thing that's, like, ugh, are there, that gets me. Are there a few who are trapped in the Vantim Zone or just the one? No, I think it was just the group of them. Okay. Because, like, Feora is apparently... Because they were all released when Krypton... But apparently, Feora uh, is still, like, his, uh, Zod's left-hand lady, or right-hand lady. Um, she's alive still, apparently, in continuity. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Not, that's what... But that's I mean, what, like, that's what's but going. I mean, like, the what the film set up is, like, that, you know, she would... She's dead, but, like, sure, later on, if you want to say well, she's like, alive. Well, like, again, that tragedy... But the of... idea the film was getting across, it was it was just, like, the whole tragedy of it, though, right? Um, well, again, you have to... But the acting was great, too. Oh, yeah, I had no problem it, with the that's acting. that's what sold it, right? Oh, dude, uh, Lawrence Fishburne as Perry White was amazing. I loved him. Yeah, Lawrence <laughs> Fishburne, uh, the Law & Order guy, was great. He was this little, like, the soldier dude um michael shannon russell crowe kevin costner amy adams henry cavill all great yeah i guess it, all it great. Was a... and the score was also tops the score was so good no i can't i can't even disagree with that because like just that man of steel main theme yeah but, um, but, um, and the drums kick in but, um, but, um. yeah it's so good so what were your is do you have any more to say on Man of Steel or No, I just I just I, I just loved it. it. The journey the journey yeah, I did. And the journey worked for me and the action worked for me. It made sense that the whole city got destroyed. I'm like, these are superhuman beings. I don't know what everyone's worried about. And they're like, why didn't Superman take him away from the city? You like and here's the thing with that too. If you're getting into a fight with someone who's considerably more advanced, like a higher level of fighter than you they decide where the fight takes place at the end of the day. Like Zod, there was no way he was leaving the city if he didn't want to. Also, right? Like it was always going to come back to that. They did that in Batman v Superman and people had such a problem with it. Oh yeah, conveniently there's a spot where they can just fight with no casualties. That's convenient. It's like Yeah, exactly. Look, guys, yeah, you people complain about it. You can't. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, you can't. You got to <laughs> pick one or the other." You can't. How convenient complain about you had to make a point in that movie that the city has been evacuated and that that's the problem with like warner brothers and that's the whole problem with that whole group of movies it's just been there, course correction after DC. course correction it was course correction yeah it was just knee-jerk reactions it's listening to the fans and you know what they say when you listen to the fans you're destined to be sitting with them because like <laughs> listen fans are great and they love what they love and they hate what they hate but you're the create like you gotta like stay true to your visions and you can't just do what the loudest group of fans say oh exactly because again the the ones on the internet aren't all the fans it's honestly probably a small portion of all the fans and they just tend to be the loudest right no 100 i agree with that completely it's weird but, man. yeah it was just a silly idea there's just a lot of silly things and i mean i get it if people don't like the movie that's fine you're you're completely entitled to dislike the movie but for me in 2013, that's, that was definitely the best movie I had seen. And I just loved a lot of the deeper introspective uh, character moments and the character beats and the motivations that are in that film and the themes in that film. And 
you know, that I think just a lot of people overlook See, at the end of the day. And I'm just glad you actually had a movie that you really liked and you actually have, like, a strong opinion on rather than, like, my picks where it's like, I liked them. They were good. At least have one film that I was like, oh, yeah, this is this was gold. And, and that's probably and like, I'm sure there. Well, OK, let's get into my honorable mentions, because if I had only seen these other two twice, they may have probably been uh, contenders, but I only saw them once. But uh, so The Conjuring was one of my honorable mentions. Yeah. Like you said, it was great. It's use of tension, use of characters, the scares. I feel like it really revitalized the horror movie, the the horror genre. It did. At the time, there wasn't there wasn't a lot that was good. It was like there was um, it was just really bad, really cheap made stuff that did nothing. And The Conjuring revitalized its industry. There were three so, that came out. That was pretty good. There were three that kind of came out close together, and that was Insidious, Sinister, and The Conjuring, and that kind of revitalized that genre. But the problem is now, all those films, like any horror film that comes out now, are trying to be... Is trying to be that. Insidious, Conjuring, or <laughs> yeah. Sinister, right? Like, and that's... Yeah, which is always the problem, yeah. Like, yeah, so that's... Always the problem. That's the problem there. But, like, again, it did, it did revitalize the the genre for a new generation it's just now we got to figure out what the heck we're doing this uh upcoming decade <laughs> for the because... next group of horror films yeah you guys got to figure it out well bloomhouse has been doing some really good things but it all has that same bloom it has that same blumhouse film right feel right like it just it feels that's true too i guess it yeah. feels like generic horror movie after generic horror movie and that's where i'm having a problem with it is there's a lack of there's a lack of variety and a lack of uh different feel to it man like it just it's i don't know it just something something well feels, it's kind of like the idea with horror films right like they're easy to make but they're incredibly difficult to master you know what i mean like anyone yep. can make a horror film but to make one that's just masterfully amazing is incredibly hard oh yeah it's incredibly hard they're easy to make but they're hard to like really master and make a really good quality one well and it depends on the type of horror you're going for right well yeah that too it's all part of it all part of it um my other one of my other films was r.i.p.d which was a oh, really no, silly man. film dude it was so like, funny okay jeff so, bridges and ryan reynolds i was like oh my god that I film was actually really funny I she just billy goaded me <laughs> so i did watch this one yeah it didn't make my list either way just because i was very neutral on it yeah because it just at the end of the day it felt like a men in black clone and that's pretty much what it was and like, at the end of the day it was it, that's very close to what it was and for me like it wasn't like the story that was the best or like the whole concept of it it was honestly just like jeff bridges and ryan reynolds together were great like jeff bridges in that film was so funny uh i don't think like if i had a choice to watch it again and the others on my list i'd probably pick any one of the others it's definitely the lowest yeah. point but it was still it's still worth to throw in honorable mentions it's still worth it it was I still hate it as much as a lot of other people did but like yeah it's one of those ones that like i don't think i'd revisit anytime soon yeah fair enough um honorable mention next one kick-ass 2 that, that was, was fun, fun. Yeah, that was it. a good film yeah i like the first one too the second one i just think expanded the idea and was yeah that was great i don't really have anything more to say about it but yeah it was that's funny. It's a fun take on the superhero genre. That's for sure. 
dude that's most that's most of this year for me it was just like oh yeah i saw this film it was enjoyable and i don't have much more to say on it like <laughs> yeah like that's kind of what i gotta say uh so then moving on captain phillips is honorable mentioned oh dude that's a good movie so here's now these last two captain phillips and the next one i only seen them once i only saw them once yeah. sorry um it's just getting late language and words are not working very well the brain is trying to shut down I'm this like, is what happens what? when we do the opposite of what we do. <laughs> this is when we do the late night the late night show um no the captain phillips is really really good and if i'd seen it more than once like i only saw it once it probably would it might like it either equal or beat man of steel because it's really it's just a really good film you have to watch it and i can't remember the whole concept of the idea but Captain Phillips, obviously Tom Hanks, is the captain of a ship. They get taken over by Somalian pirates. And then it's a whole cat and mouse, real high tension. You never know what's going to happen right to like the last second until everything finally like gets resolved. But even in that last moment, it's just the tension is unbearable. The tension is almost unbearable. Uh... All I can remember is sitting, not even on the edge of my seat. I was like standing up watching this film. It was at home. I wasn't at a theater. I was just like, <laughs> I, I saw this one at home oh, later tension. on. <laughs> and I was literally out of my seat, like, just like, come on, come on, get him. Like, and when you watch the movie, and if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. But like the use of tension was just, crazy the story's great the acting was fantastic this is a must watch out of 2013 captain phillips so literally dude put it on your list because this one is gold this dude, one's it's been gold. on my list since 2013 <laughs> old good old papa tom hanks there just you know watch it it's it's a really really good film but again like i said i only watched it once so i kind of have the one memory so i can't say it's my favorite of 2013 but it it's just a really really well-made film um, and then the last one was The Wolf of Wall Street, which is obviously Still another... I haven't seen that one. Real, oh, dude, come on, man. You're it's killing so me. It's so long. So, like, other than Man of Steel, these are probably the two best films of 2013, hands down, easy. And arguably, they are better than Man of Steel. Um, again, I only saw them once, though, so I can't, like... For me, Man of Steel still wins because I've seen that multiple, multiple, multiple times. <laughs> I had, like, plenty of time to think over it where these two only saw once, but arguably these are the two probably best films out of 2013 and wolf of wall street is just a fantastic booze drug filled crazy ass ride that you just gotta be a part of you you just gotta experience that film man that's all i can say you gotta experience it i can't tell you about it i can't really explain to you everything but it's an experience in itself and it is kind of long if i remember correctly it's not super like short three film. hours or something like that it's it's pretty long man but it's it's, it's worth it it's film. great it's great it's a lot of fun in kind of like a snort cocaine <laughs> kind of fun <laughs> but it's great you heard it here folks matt says that wolf of wall street is like snorting cocaine <laughs> that was 2013 <laughs> That was the good half of Just 2013. Like, that was the good half of 2013. So like a whole ton of average movies and then like two really, really good ones. And yeah, Man of Steel as well, which was really good as well. But, you know, I think those other two arguably are probably better films. 
And when I say probably, I mean they are better films. <laughs> yeah, but again, it comes down to personal preference at the end of the day, man. Exactly. But yeah, okay, so that's our best of 2013. <laughs> this is probably like the least interesting podcast we've ever made. We're like, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, well, it was okay. Well, yeah, welcome Superman. To a feast of yeah. Yeah. Welcome to a feast of films at night. <laughs> welcome to a feast of average films after we've worked all day and now have to think about things. It's hard. This is why we record first thing. But we're going to have to get used to these nighttime recordings, I think. I think feast of films more after hours. <laughs> after dark, the feast of films. <laughs> is that where we talk about movies we can't talk about? <laughs> God, I hope not. That would be horrendous. Let's not. I really Let's like that not. part where her boobs were out. Oh. <laughs> okay. So this funny side story. <laughs> I just gotta tell it real quick before we get into uh, you know the middle part. But I yeah. gotta, I gotta. So like we used to. I had a. There's this like family friend of ours, and like she has like nephews that are both my age and my brother's age. So they would always like come in from Spearwood, and we'd all like hang out for like a week or whatever. Right. It was a great time, and. We'd always go down to like the blockbuster at the end of Gray and get a movie and like pop that in and have like movie nights, right? So we all go down there, we pick out our movie, my mom picks a movie for us, and then we get back to the house and she's like, Oh, let's watch my movie first. And we're like, Come on, we want to watch the show, like whatever action movie it was that we picked out. But it's like, Okay, my mom and her, you know, Tron is there, so we'll watch like the family, you know, type film. So then she like puts in the film, we got our popcorn, we got our drinks, lights are off, we're all in theater mode. And this film opens up with this chick just getting railed at the side of a car. <laughs> and we're just... <laughs> and we're like, what movie like, is this? We're like freaking 10 or 11 or something, right? But we're still boys, so we're like, what the hell? This is freaking, what's going on? But this is pretty tight. What and movie then, like, did they think this <laughs> I will tell you in a second. I want to know now, man. <laughs> so, I want answers. So, so, we're like all watching this, like, what the hell? And my mom's like, uh, maybe it'll be over soon. Like, I don't know what's going on. And then it just keeps going. And then, like, don't, she didn't even stop it right away. I was like, why are we watching this? Turn this off. So, like, basically what happened is my mom saw this, like, box i don't know it was called like jack the dog and she thought it was like a family movie about like <laughs> about a dog like named jack but it was actually about a guy going around just like railing chips <laughs> oh it was so funny man it's gonna like google it i gotta see what this movie is man oh feast of films after dark but it was a long time ago. That was so funny. We were so young, and we still laugh about it all the time to this day. Like, remember when you got us that, like, porn flick, Phoebe? <laughs> oh, Jack the Dog is a film that, yep, that's... That's honest. what it is, right? I told, And it's funny, like, after all these years, I still remember the title of the movie. Because it was, like, just that, like, jarring. It was like, what that's is amazing. going on? The one time my mom <laughs> got us a porno and thought it was a family movie. Oh, that was great. Ah, welcome to a feast of films after dark with Jack the Dog. Bam, bam, bam. You'll be your top movie of 2001. 
<laughs> Jack the Dog, Ethan, my favorite film. All right, let's get it. Let's uh, let's switch gears here. It's time for debate break. Today we are debating the best old Saturday morning cartoon. So going right back to the good old days when you used to wake up early on Saturday mornings, run to the TV, throw on the cartoons, and like hopefully your parents didn't wake wake up and make you do chores, and just enjoy some good old Saturday morning cartoons. Except this is with the exception of Looney Tunes, because we had already previously decided that is the king of Saturday morning cartoons and cannot be overthrown. It was the so it was the best way to start yeah. the morning, and it was just it was always again you can't can't really dethrone that one. So either it's a no. really short debate, or we got to pick other cartoons. And, and like that's what it comes down to. I have like so many great memories of watching Looney Tunes and my uncle as well, because like when my mom when she'd work like night shifts as like a nurse, we'd have to stay at my aunt's, right? aunt and uncles and like yeah we'd always get up saturday morning and he'd sit down there with me and we'd watch like roadrunner and the coyote and you know bugs bunny and elmer fudd it was just just so many great memories just busting a gut so it was great i'd even watch it with my grandparents like like this is like that's the reason why it's like the king of saturday morning cartoons is because it spanned generations like yeah like so it's, it's one of those things if you can't really you can't really fight that one that's an automatic surrender to whoever didn't pick it first. Yeah, exactly. So we decided to pick other ones. So in my corner, I'm doing Spider-Man. The 90s one. No, early 2000s. No, no. it was 94. 90s, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. That one. So the classic and, Saturday uh, morning Spider-Man. And I picked the winner of the debate. Uh <laughs> Batman the Animated Series, and I just feel like, I, I, Matt, it's not much of a debate. It's This is going to be a slaughter. So, I'm sorry. You, you also picked the wrong person to debate this on. <laughs> let the slaughter begin, then. Listen, I let you pick first. I could have picked Batman. I would Maybe I would have picked Batman. Who knows? I would have found a better cartoon. <laughs> than Batman? <laughs> okay. Either way, Ethan's like, this is my jam. This is my debate. Who wants to go first? Um, I guess uh, rock, paper, scissors, man. How do we do this again? We we lifted it. We, we we yep. Okay, ready? ready? One, One, two, two three. three. Oh, tie. Okay, okay, we both picked rock. One, two, two three. three. Oh, we both picked paper. <laughs> All right. One, two, two three. three. Oh, my <laughs> <paper> again. <laughs> All right. Battle of the minds here. Okay. One, One two, two, three. three. <laughs> <laughs> Both pick paper again. This is rough, man. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. One, One two, three. Three. Yeah, there was a delay. Son. You cheated. You cheated. No, there was a delay on your end. Our there internet's not very good. So wait, is, again, does did we decide? Uh, who... That means I get to decide who goes first. Oh, I think I I'll take it. the first. I think I'll take the first round this time. All right, I got you. It's forty-five seconds we're going with, right? Yeah, because I think we did uh, the last time. There was uh, you went first last round, so I'll start off this time. All right, and I, I I agree. It may be a slaughter. We'll see. I wish I would have prepared a little bit better. I'm a little nervous, but who needs to prepare when you have your childhood memories? <laughs> there you go. 
All right, 45 <laughs> seconds on the clock, Matt. Three, two, one, and go. All right, so uh, my pick for Saturday morning cartoon was Spider-Man. I guess I already told you that. Don't know why I'm repeating it. <laughs> That's how much I got planned for today. Listen, this animated cartoon was classic Spider-Man. This is why everyone loves Venom. This is why everyone loves Carnage. This is why everyone loves Green Goblin. And not everyone, but like the mainstream kids who didn't read comic books. This is how we first got introduced to Spider-Man. It is part of our childhoods. It is that fantasy of swinging around the city and having all these great adventures. And it was just amazing where we first met Peter Parker and Aunt May and MJ. This is the Spider-Man that... Uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is very and much based off of classic Spider-Man. Okay, so that, that wasn't bad. I thought that point could have been worse. <laughs> could have been better, though, Matt. Could've nostalgia, been nostalgia, man. All right. 45 on the clock. Three, two, one, go. All right, Matt. So I'll agree with you that it's, it's a pretty good adaptation of Spider-Man. I think it's a pretty good one. It's It's pretty solid. But you really want to argue against the best adaptation of Batman, universally loved by so many people through so many generations of Batman fans who love this interpretation of Batman. Honestly, it's one of the best. It's got one of the best voice actors. It's got some of the best stories and introduced new characters into the comics as well. It influenced characters' origins and changed them. This show was revolutionary and changed the shape of superhero TV shows as we knew it. I don't even need the four, four, full 45, man. <laughs> He's like, I already got it. Okay, now time. 45, 45, 45. Good, man. That's a good point. That's a good point. And no, I don't want to argue against it. I just, you know, we don't have a choice. We gotta pick what we pick. I'd let you pick first. It's not... Hey, man, you chose this debate. All thing. right. Ready? All right. Wow, man. It was either between that or like, what is your favorite type of sock? So we had to, you know, pick something. Mm, I do That's a like good one. Ankle, we should do that next week. I do like week. printed. <laughs> yes. All, All right. right. 45. Ready, yeah. Matt? All right. Here you go. In three, two, one go another really great thing about this spider-man animated series were the villains that it brought in like spider-man has this great group of uh role gallery that definitely competes with batman definitely competes with batman it's great you got dr octopus you have a uh, hobgoblin green goblin all the other goblins and then you know the king the king venom this is where Venom first showed up for so many people. Not in the comics, but in the animated series. And we are Venom. That whole story arc, that's why Venom's actually a movie right now. Because of this animated series. So it definitely influenced the future of these great villains going forward. And time. That's it. All right, I ended Matt. that on like a, a high inflection, so it was more of a question, which was weird. But, you know... Yeah, it, it is was a meant question, to be a Matt. It, Matt, Matt, it is a question. And I have an answer. Batman. <laughs> I am Batman. Are you, are you? We are Batman. We are Batman. Terrifying combination. I would anyway. love to see Venom and Batman. Actually, you know what, man? If Batman had a Venom, that'd be pretty tight. Not exactly the same. But, like, if Spider-Man didn't have Venom, and, Bat and Venom was instead, like, in Batman, and was like this... That would actually be a pretty cool idea. Well, Matt, it technically is in the form <sighs> of Bane. 
in the form of Bane. Bane. Okay. That's that's the for that's the formula he uses is called Venom. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, okay. Hey. Here we go. Ready? 45 on the clock and go. Really, Matt? You're going to bring up villains? You're going to bring up villains in a talk about Batman? Uh, yeah. And you listed like you listed four villains. You listed four of his villains. <laughs> what Batman well, the Animated like Series that. did with their villains and made some of the campiest, silliest villains actually a threat and terrifying, like the Mad Hatter, Scarecrow, Mr. Freeze... Like, what they managed to do with those villains and what they managed to do to them in the comics and changed just our understanding of those villains. I don't know. I think it did way better than what Spider-Man did. Like, I don't know, man. It's a thicker roster, too. Like, dude, there's Clock King. Why would you make a show about Clock King? But it works. It's one of the best episodes. The Riddler episode's also amazing. And time. I don't disagree with you there. I like I think Batman's Rogue Gallery is just amazing. But I think it. when it but when it comes to Marvel, like, you know, when it comes to Marvel, I think Spider-Man has the strongest Rogue Gallery. Oh, hands like, down. Anything, he does. Like it's yeah. the Batman of Marvel, right? I love how this is just two fans two fans quote unquote arguing about how great both these shows are. <laughs> like, yeah, we're not even doing a very good job. We're like these both are really good. Yeah, great. this is great. I love it both. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. All right, ready? <clears throat> Point 3. All right, Matt. Ready? 45 on the clock. All right, and three, two, one. The thing that I love the most, I think, about this whole Spider-Man series is how it has also these really deep cut stories. So the first, you know, group episodes, yeah, you're talking your basic villains, Green Goblin, Venom, uh, you know, Carnage, the other ones. But later on in the series, you get some really, really deep cuts. They even have a Spider-Verse episode. They got Mad Madam Web. They got Secret Wars. Uh, Punisher shows up. Morbius shows up. So not only just your basic villains, but it also brings in a lot of weird, strange villains too. Dormammu's in there with Doctor Strange. Even before all these guys were popular, they were putting them in Spider-Man. So it's just props to this series for doing also those deep cuts and showing and introducing these characters to and time morning watchers everywhere morning watchers <laughs> beware the morning watchers where <laughs> the morning watchers come all right all right all right you got some points there you got some solid points yeah that was a pretty good point all right ready for three I'm debating on where I want to go with this argument. <laughs> He's like, I have so many options. Yeah, I think, yeah, I got a couple different ones. I got, I'm going to, I've got to pick which one I want to go with. I, I, I'll, I'll go with that. I'll go with that one. <laughs> All right. 45 on the clock. Three, two, one, go. I'm going to derail a bit from what you were talking about with like, different stories and stuff because i think i already covered that enough that like there's a lot of really good new stories that they created for this but i gotta give a shout out to the voice cast and the voice direction to batman the animated series which is so much better than the spider-man animated series the best character who's a voice actor in spider-man would be peter parker and J. jonah jameson the rest are kind of like really overacting and hamming it up the voice character the voice acting in batman you believe. You believe that you could see those characters in live action with those voices and they would just translate to real people. Right? So, like, to me, the voice the voice acting is just far superior in Batman the Animated Series. And I think that's another reason why it stands out above the Spider-Man one. Is that my 45 or do I got more? Yeah. No, that's it. 
Actually, you went a little farther because I was thinking about it and not paying attention to the time. I'm not wrong. <laughs> but it's a am good I? point, though. It's a good. Nah, well, you're, I don't 100% agree with you because I think the voice acting in Spider Man is also really well done, or else it wouldn't have lasted for so long. It only lasted for five seasons, man. Yeah, which is pretty good for, you know, Saturday morning animated. Very short seasons. Yeah, there's like a bunch of episodes. It was fun. I had a great so, time with it. So we have we have our Closing final... Closing points. Yep. 30 seconds? 30 seconds. You betcha. All right, Matt. Final 30 seconds. Ready? You bet. And go. All right. So, you know, the, the, the Spider-Man animated series is just amazing. It's classic Spider-Man, a great adaptation of the character. It has so many various different villains and then you got those deep cut stories that are bringing even more villains from across the whole marvel universe it literally is the mcu in an animated version go watch it it's the mcu and the spider-verse all in one and also really great voice acting i'm pretty sure mark hamill is the hobgoblin check it out i'm pretty sure that's exactly who's on there so they had some great actors as well time he is but he's basically doing a joker voice yeah pretty much but you know yeah. he's still also, hobgoblin um, <laughs> Crap, I can't remember. Like, I was listening to you, but I can't remember your first point. Because I just had a quick uh, note on that, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, um, yeah, not to mention, like, the crossovers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's super weird, because, like, it crosses over with the X-Men show, which is a completely different art style. Yeah, it does, yeah. And then even, like, same thing, they kind of cross over with the Fantastic Four show in 94, which also is completely different from what it was. But then, like, the closest one was the Iron Man show that was running at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's this weird, they totally had a weird, like, animated MCU, MCU going on. And yeah. it makes zero sense when you watch them all together. It makes no sense at all. Because they shouldn't work together, but for some reason they just they just do. But I think that's because, like, the childhood excitement. But not to mention, I mean, like, but, dude, at the end of the day, like... I'm just like, this isn't one of my points. This is just like whole total side talk. I mean, we got yeah. the same kind of thing with the DC animated universe because we got the crossover Superman and then the, that entire Justice, Justice League, League show. Yeah. Yeah. So don't worry. That that's was not, such a good show too. Yeah. Those aren't my points. That's not my final point because like, I feel like, I feel like that's a cheap shot because at the end of the day, all that stuff happened way after Spider-Man did that. Like those all happened. Like I think early two thousands where Spider-Man was wrapped up by like, I think 97 yeah somewhere in there yeah so like so to arguably in your favor it did lay the groundwork for those kind of shows being possible yeah there we go all right you ready for your final points and it is the greatest point (laughs) it is the best point (laughs) it is the point to end all points 30 seconds on the clock and go the art direction and art style alone defines this show and makes it so much better than spider-man if you go back and watch spider-man the animation's kind of choppy it's kind of weird there's the weird cg stuff in it that doesn't really land um they actually animated batman on black paper that's how it got so dark is they actually work from black paper and lighten things up rather than going from white paper and trying to darken it like it totally revolutionized that whole idea of that as well so like just the art style and the art deco the and the design time. is amazing Oh, and they weren't afraid to use guns. <laughs> they had guns in Spider-Man, didn't they? They had laser guns in Spider-Man because they couldn't have real guns. Oh, the 90s were a weird time. It man. was a weird time. But Batman got away with time. it. Batman found a loophole because they're like, no, we want this to be like kind of period pieces. So like we're going to 
Oh, yeah, that would work. Well, it's you can bad. have the Waynes killed by a laser gun. That's not... That's not... Pew, pew! <laughs> you pretty lame, man. Unless it's like Darth Vader and a lightsaber. Like, oh my god. No, I am your father. What is going on? <laughs> the crossover to end all crossovers. No, I'm Martha. <laughs> I am Martha. No! Wow, what a twist that would have been on Batman v Superman. Well, yeah. Darth Vader shows up and he's like, no, I am Martha. Well, now I just have to question everything. <laughs> so matt what are we doing so matt how do you think that went how do you think that went for you um i think i did pretty well because i think the animated spider-man ultimately at the end of the day really does speak for itself and holds its ground pretty good because it was kind of it was earlier than those bat the batman series not by a no lot, it wasn't but a little bit uh, batman batman came out before did it batman came out in 1992 yeah well you know shut up okay anyway the point is <laughs> now that i look at it i'm like oh yeah i guess it did it's a bitch the point is uh i think spider-man i think i think spider-man holds its own too right like obviously you got looney tunes you got batman but like spider-man's right up there too and there's just so many great childhood memories but i I will i will i will concede and you know no matter what anyone else thinks even if you're with me and a spider-man i like i i would give the win to batman and i'm okay because I won peanut M and M's last week, so I'm cool. <laughs> one one person agreeing with you does not mean you won. Um, when it's the only other person agreeing with me, that's two to one, homie. You lose. The I math think, is there. I still think my combo of peanut M and M's and nachos counts, and I think I still won. <laughs> no, you you did not win. Anyway, no, you you definitely win this time. Batman is it's it's a great animated series. It is, it is uh, it just. It's iconic, right? It doesn't matter how far back you go. It's an iconic series that's never been done again. No animated series has never been as good as the Batman animated series. And even that Spider-Man series, I'd argue with that too. Like even the other new series that have come out since then are nowhere near as good as that series was. No, and like you're not wrong there. But like I think there's been better adaptations since though. Like in movies or like in the animated? Movies, video games, that kind of stuff. Oh, well, sure. There's always better. There's always new and different adaptations. Apparently and that's a very spectacular. Apparently spectacular well. Spider-Man's really good. Uh, That one wasn't bad. That one wasn't bad. I still, I still like the 90s one better, but that one wasn't bad. Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, that was also one that was I'm on. actually showing, uh, I'm in the middle of showing Prosser, the 2005 um i think 2005 maybe 2003 the 2000s batman show like the batman yeah that no one remembers and like we watched the first two episodes and man look it's it's a it's a good interpretation of batman and it's so completely different from the animated series that i just think people overlooked it and they really shouldn't because like it's its own different new thing and it works it works really well like i'm Hmm. enjoying it and that's like the best part, I think, at the end of the day, when you're talking, about especially these comic book characters and like all the animated series they get, like with each new adaptation comes something always different. Like maybe they're not like as a whole package better than the ones that came before, but they definitely all have elements that are either superior or just as good. Well, like maybe the whole ask... package itself isn't as great, but they always come with something. They're always adding something to the mythos and to the overall idea of who these characters are. I can't you if you ask someone from like even a bit older than us, they'd be like, "Oh no, the nineteen sixties—that was the best Spider-Man." 
right? Like, yeah, Adam, exactly. Adam yeah. West Batman was the best I used to Batman, watch that like. on tele... <laughs> I, I used to watch that 60s one on Teletoon Retro. Now I'm pretty sure the 90s one is probably on Teletoon Retro. I'm like, Isn't oh. that a scary thought? Yeah, I hate when the shows I watched as a kid are on Teletoon Retro. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, oh, we're not that old. Dude, Calm down there, Teletoon. Calm down! We didn't even touch on the music. I'm so I'm upset at myself because like the music. Yeah, that's the... true. We didn't. Yeah. But like, so so here's the fun thing with like so like I'm just gonna talk about this. This isn't part of the debate. But so Batman had a completely new score. Like everything was like scored brand new, all that kind of stuff. Um, the production company that made the Spider-Man show was the same one that you made Digimon. Oh, okay. So you can actually hear some of the uh, music cues from Spider-Man in Digimon. Interesting. It's kind of hilarious. I was watching huh. both. I'm like, that sounds very familiar. Like the scary, the bah, 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 scary music. Like, yeah, I'm like, that's that's just that's just Spider-Man. That's just OK. All <laughs> just right. Real cheap. Eh? Like, yeah, ah, man, man save a buck. But uh, no, it's like, man, just the music in those shows, too. And just. Oh, <sighs> man, just good cartoons, cartoons. This, this has been a nice break from us talking about the sad year that uh the drab year of 2013. No, this was great. And at the end of the day, like whether you say Batman or Spider-Man, whether you say Batman or Spider-Man, the point is, if you're around our age, again, close to those 30s, you know, maybe just above, maybe still below. Listen, we grew up in like the golden age of Saturday morning cartoons. We oh, really yeah. did. Like the cartoons kids have nowadays for Saturday mornings have watched them like, what is this? Ain't yeah, the same. Shows like, and sometimes shows like they the have, Lion Guard. Yeah, like just terrible. <laughs> the Lion Guard. It's, ah, man. I actually saw an episode that I think was later on in the series. And I was like, okay, so that wasn't as dumb. It looks actually somewhat but decent. But is it as good so as I think it improved. Who knows? I haven't watched enough of it to know. But the point is, most of the shows that are even on Saturday mornings for kids nowadays are kind of like cheaper, worse versions than what we had as kids. Yep. But we definitely grew up in the golden age. Like we had Batman, Spider-Man looney tunes like classic looney tunes not like you know like the newer stuff which is also not as good you remember um that weird um, men in black godzilla you remember that weird uh there's that looney tunes i can't remember what batman it was called, beyond but... oh my god batman beyond there was a looney tunes show where it's basically set in the future and the descendants of the looney tunes had superpowers uh and I that sounds remember, vaguely familiar i can't remember what it's called for the life of me uh it sounds vaguely familiar yeah i couldn't tell you what it's called either um superheroes looney lunatics unleashed lunatics unleashed <laughs> nice yeah like they uh, i don't know if you can does that ring a bell at all? Uh, not really. That's... I don't know if I've seen that or not. Yeah, no, it was a weird show where it was just like, it was like their descendants, but they had like superpowers and it was just super weird. But it was just like, it, man, the 2000s had a, a wild time with cartoons because they just yeah. took everything that the 90s did and they like added cocaine to it. <laughs> Pretty much, right? They're like, let's just add a bit more cocaine and we'll be good to go. Yeah, they It'll just be an made exciting everything. Time. 
they took extreme and then made it too extreme that it wasn't extreme anymore and it just was weird but like yeah yeah like let's bring fun. it back guys <laughs> no it was great and i just uh yeah i loved our saturday morning cartoons man they were so 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 good so matt all right wanna, let's get back to the drab the year into... that is 2013 you want to leave uh, the, worst, the films? worst films yeah this is i don't even have that many either because like 2013 like i said like barely it didn't even like like create an emotional negative response to so many films that i watched <laughs> it was just like yeah it was okay it was it just existed. it blah. existed as a year yeah blah uh so my worst film of 2013 is movie 43 have you ever seen this film yes i I was like there's so many things that i saw in that movie was that was like this is just wrong (laughs) it was so so strange i mean it was interesting and maybe a lot of people find that funny but there was just some things in me that was just too far like i think it was one of the later because what this film is i i put a note here just an abomination of a film because it's just a mess it's all over the place man it's it's like let's take everything and put it together like it's a series of skits more or less it's not even like a whole like it's not a full narrative from beginning to end kind of thing it's like a series of really weird weird skits like hugh jackman is there but he has a ball sack for a chin like literal sack like he has a scarf over it and like you say he's a ball it dips in his soup and stuff it was weird man like it was strange but the one at the end where that cat's in love with the guy i think it was like josh was it josh dumel who was playing i don't think i made it that far oh you so you didn't watch the whole thing so it gets really weird even close the closer to the end you get the weirder this show gets it starts off kind of funny but then once you get close to the end it's very very strange um but yeah, and it's like this cartoon animated cat that's like in love. And I think it's Josh Duhamel. I'm not exactly remember who the actor is. Yeah, um, he was a heartthrob in 2013. And like, yeah, literally like, I can't remember, like murders or like beats up his girlfriend. Like, but the cat's really creepy. Like, and it does really like weird sexual things. Like it's a cartoon, but it's like jerking off in a corner. Like, it's just really disturbing. So at this point in the film, you're just like, why am I still watching this? I want to say and, I ended up just fast forwarding to get all the yeah. Dennis Quaid stuff because that's the stuff I enjoyed was oh, him like, trying to pitch the absurd. Right, movies. right. Yes. Yeah, so like, yeah, weaving through all these things is Dennis Quaid at a, an what he's haircut. actually. Yes. And he's actually at a studio interview, more or less, somewhat um, <laughs> trying to pitch films. And these are the films he's pitching. So, like, I guess it does have a through narrative, but it's just, it's an abomination of a film. And I guess it was just people having fun with really weird movies. And maybe these were just, like, a lot of weird scripts that people had gone from actual people, who knows? And then they just made shorts of them. Like, this is the ridiculous shit we get on a daily basis. Maybe. I don't know where these ideas came from, but it was... That's not how it was marketed, though. It was was not marketed like this. It was strange. I don't remember the marketing at all. I didn't watch it in 2013 it was, either. It was definitely it was, after that. But it was marketed as this. What big budget, is this? It was marketed as a big budget comedy with a bunch of celebrities. That's what it was marketed as. Well, yeah, because it has any... like everybody in it. Yeah, like everyone and their dog is in there. It was. It's an abomination of a film, and it it honestly just like it takes a lot to make me feel like 
not uncomfortable, but you're just like, this is strange. Why would anyone pay, pay money for this? Like, why would anyone make this? And like, what mind came up with? Like, that's that's weird. And I think a lot of like, I come up with weird shit all the time. But this was just like, did you what? Do you have any other dishonorable mentions, or do you still have um, more? Yeah, I have on movie no forty three. Uh, I'm pretty much done movie forty three. It was horrendous, abomination. Don't watch it. I get and, it. And if you want to watch it, I mean, go for it. But like, I can't say you're gonna feel good once he it's warned over. you. It's a, I I did honestly. It's like it's like when you know you shouldn't eat something, but then you like eat it anyway. Like if you eat a bunch of fast food. And, like, you think at the beginning, this is going to make me feel pretty good. But then at the end, you're like, I feel way worse. That this is, that's movie 43, man. That literally happened this week. I ate way too much food, and the next day I'm like, I think I'm going to throw up. I ate food <laughs> yesterday. Why am I going to throw up today? Why am I still sick today? Yeah, that's I, movie 43. That's the experience you'll get. The I next day, you'll be like, eat, I'm going to throw up. If I eat fast food, like too much fast food in one day i don't have to eat the second day because i'm still digesting it that is the point oh, i'm at wow. in my life it's pretty rough man it's like That's, that is pretty not rough. a great time it's like, like 65 man get some metamucil up in there <laughs> no i'm too young for that my co-workers oh. think that i'm young they don't think i'm almost 30 I have, to, oh, I have to remind people on a regular basis that i'm like 29 and that i turned 30 <laughs> in like less than six months and they're like, oh, no, uh, don't remind months. me. And they're like, what do you mean you're 30? And I'm like, yeah, I'm 30. And they're like, you don't look or act 30. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that and run with it. I'm gonna, oh, Where man. I'm at in my life, I'm going to I'm good with that. I don't need to be 30. When I was working with like when I was working at a place like younger kids and I was like the one time I can't remember someone was trying to fix something with duct tape. I was like, oh, good old red green. If they don't find you handsome, at least they'll find you handy. And they're like. What the hell are you talking about? I was like, you don't know the Red Green Show? Come on. Like, they just no, no clue. I was like, I hate kids. They don't, they <laughs> I was don't like, find that makes me, me feel old. If it makes you feel any better, ladies don't find me either of those things. <laughs> Handsome or handy. They just find anyway. me and then they run away. <laughs> <laughs> they just find me and then they're like, I'm out. <laughs> Oh. Oh shit. Okay. It's well, you. Just, I'm out of here. <laughs> oh and, man. And um, I just forgot something in my. Car. It's that it's that scene from The Office where like Creed's like, I need to go and get something for my car. Oh yeah. That's exactly yeah. what happens. Yeah. To me. I'll be that's, right that's, back. <laughs> I'll be right back. And then they, I never see them again. And then they just run off. They just yeah, run away. Man. Okay. That's... Let me just settle in here, boss, and uh, I'll be oh. right back. <laughs> just leave. <laughs> oh man. Um, we okay, had so, a murder, so, sir, and you are <laughs> suspect. And you are so, okay, let me just tell There's been a murder in Savannah. That's honestly one of my favorite episodes. Okay. It's so good. It's, 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 so, it's such a great episode. But instead, I get distracted. I'm going to go back to my disabled mentions. <laughs> we're, or we're going to go into an office tangent for the next half hour, which honestly would Wait, be far more enjoyable than talking about What year did about the office end what year, what year did, did it end? Yeah. I don't know. Because if Too it ended long in, ago. If it ended in 2013, I will allow that to be one of your dishonorable mentions. But it's not a dishonorable Dude, mention. Yeah, no. It ended in 2013. Oh, the fact that it ended in 2013 is dishonorable. Yeah, that's what I'm been. saying. I'll allow season uh, nine to be one of your dishonorable mentions this time. Man. 
That's hilarious. I love, honestly, I love The Office. And the last season was like, so the last season was better than season eight. Season eight was definitely like, after Michael left, obviously they had some rough patches trying to figure out who should lead the show. And clearly it should have been like Jim and Dwight. They should have been the co-leads. But then they're like, Andy, because The Hangover. And it was like, Ed Helms is not a lead man. And that's where their problem really was. I think if they would have stuck the landing with his character and would have actually made his character have a growth as opposed to just reverting back to season three, then it would have been better. It would have actually resolved better. But they just reset his character to be like the douchebag. Oh, he was just a total yeah dick again by the end. And at least at least in season eight, he was trying. He was trying to you could tell he was struggling trying to film Michael's shoes. Yeah. And then like. I don't know. Make him succeed at that. Give him some kind of reward and some arc as opposed to like, nope, season three, Andy, all over again. Yeah, I didn't like his... I I just never liked his character. Like, I honestly, like, Ed Helms is okay in certain things, but I don't really like him. Like, I don't really like... I'm not a huge fan of Ed Helms at the end of the day. He's an okay supporting actor, but like to lead things, I'm like, nah, I'm good. That's and I kind of feel bad about that because I have nothing like personally. I think he seems like a pretty great guy. I just in gen- like his just acting like because his characters all feel like the same dude to me. So it just, yeah, <laughs> so it just it doesn't work. Like because the one character doesn't work. If all your characters are pretty much the same dude, it all ain't gonna work. No, I actually he man. was pretty good in tag. He was pretty good in tag. But that, again, that was an ensemble cast. That was an ensemble cast. But That's anyway, gotta see. not to get distracted. So back to. <laughs> Back to bad movies. <laughs> back to dishonorable. Yeah, back to bad movies. <laughs> Talk about The Office forever, man. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, a good day to die hard. That was a <laughs> terrible film. Dude, I didn't even bother with it, man. <laughs> I, I did. Even... Like, here's the thing. Like, live free and die hard. It was fun. I actually, was... I liked. I actually enjoyed that film. And, mm-hmm. and like, again, you're getting die hard back after a hiatus. I get everyone's like, it's not as good as the original. The original's a dude walking around no shoes and glass, just a regular guy. Now he's throwing bikes from people. That's what makes it terrible. And I'm like, okay, I get what you're saying, but you know the whole Die Hard series is all about escalation. Every oh, yeah. movie is about escalation. Even in the titles, it's about escalation. Like, that's the whole thing, right? So, like, that's just natural next step. So I'm cool oh, with completely. that. And I actually enjoyed it. It was really fun. Justin Long was great. Yep. As, like, a supporting character, like, right alongside John McClane, uh, Bruce Willis in that film. Like, it was a really fun way to do really it. It was really good. And I you had, it. like, the tech stuff going on. It was very current. It was very modern. It made sense. It was fun. So I was excited for a good day to die hard. I was like, I'm you ready for poor, another poor round. Man. And then it was just so bad. It was so... Dude, there weren't even moments in that movie. There was one moment at the end. I was like... There's nothing that happens in this movie where I feel like he's dying hard. Like he's hard to kill right now. Cause like there's nothing that happens in that film that's even remotely like could kill him. Like no, in the fourth one, dude. he is dodging death by like ridiculous amounts of like barely like a normal person clearly would have been dead, but still he he's hard to kill. And they did that the a whole... ton in number four. Number five, there was one thing at the very end where I was like, maybe that could have killed him. But it was like this the story was bad, the action was bad, the the dieharding was bad. It just was not. The a whole good point film. of five was to set up a new series with his son. Because yeah, that's what everyone his was son trying to was do with not that entertaining Dude, That's either. what everyone's been trying to do with Jai Courtney, and I feel so bad for him because he's not a bad actor. Like, 
honestly, like, I don't like Suicide Squad, but him as Captain Boomerang, he was fun to watch. He worked pretty good, yeah. But then they tried, it's this and Terminator, they both tried to get him to, like, carry on the legacy, because they had him as Kyle Reese in Terminator Genesis. And, like, he wasn't great in that. I didn't see that. Like, I've watched him in things where I've really liked him, but then they keep putting him in these movies trying to be like, let's carry on this action sequence or action uh, series. Legacy or whatever, yeah. Dude, I'm so over legacy movies. I'm so, like, it's a whole new thing I've realized about myself this last week is just, like, I want to play in some of these universes. I really do, but at the same time, I'd rather just make new stuff because... They're great as they are, right? Like, why... Well, at the end of the day, the problem with legacy films is you're also contending with one other major factor and that's the fans yeah and that's where it's almost a safer bet to create new ip because you can't really make you can't really make fans upset over a series that didn't exist that doesn't have fans (laughs) right yeah like god damn i pissed off all my fans what fans oh that's right i didn't piss off any of them perfect that's what um did i tell you we had a guy come in to uh our store to complain about uh my my movie okay what we had a guy, we, we sell physical copies of Damned Rights in our store. Oh, okay. And we had a guy come in to... And he uh, bought a copy? He had bought mm-hmm. a copy. So you've sold a movie. Good job. Yeah, I, we've sold, just in the store, we've sold nine copies. We've cool. sold probably about six or seven online. Anyone who donated money to it also got, got three copy. copies online. And we've sold, I've sold a couple copies to coworkers as well. Nice. Um... And we're going to sell seven more, actually, because we had a request from one of our actors to get seven copies for their friends. Um, so we we sold we sold a decent amount, which is kind of nice, especially we were expecting to sell none. So like yeah. that's that's a nice thing. So a bunch um, is better so than guy, zero. But this guy buys it and then comes back to find me. I'm not working this day, but he comes back to find me to complain about our movie <laughs> to me. <laughs> And, like, my boss tells me, and I tell him... And he knows you're in the movie, right? Like, he's not just dumb? No, he he came in and he asked... Specifically looking for you. Is the guy who made the movie in today? Yeah. And, like, it's actually one of the greatest things. This is pre-COVID when I didn't have my face covered up. One of the greatest things ever is having the movie, like, on the till right beside me. And, like, people would just shoot a double take and be like, Is this you? Is this this you on the cover? And I'm like, yes, that's me. Yeah, this is my movie. But... Um, but no, uh, yeah, he came in to complain and we found out and our reaction was like, oh my goodness, we have a fan. We have a fan. Someone who's complaining about what we did. That's great. (laughs) And he hasn't been back since. That's the best reaction. What was his complaint though? Did they actually, Uh, did you ever find out? He's, uh, one of them was that his, uh, the audio didn't, uh, sync up properly to him, which is a weird complaint because like it does. There's just like one or two moments where it looks like it doesn't because that's how the dubbing worked. And again, we had to dub the whole film over again. But no, yeah. my, my friend, my friend backed me up a bit and basically told him is like, so uh, if uh, if it's positive feedback, he'd probably be more than welcome to to listen to it. But if it's uh, negative and uh, if it's uh, you just being rude about it, you might want to keep that to yourself. But like if it's constructive criticism, I, I'm in. And she told him that. Yeah, yeah. And he, ha- he hasn't been back. <laughs> He's like, this is just shit. I just want to shit all over this movie. 
That's, not, that's well, fine. You know, if you want you to gotta... take the time out of your day to drive out to my, like, I live, I work in a remote location. Yeah. So if you want to take the time to drive 20 minutes just to get to my store to complain about my movie, like, all power to you, but what do you have going on in your life? <laughs> like, but here's the thing, man. Your m- movie at least created enough of an emotional reaction that he feels compelled to do that. So that's a good yeah. thing. Better than exactly. no emotional I, I reaction. Exactly. It's like haters online, man. If they're spending time watching your stuff so they can come to complain, it's like, okay, but you like watching my stuff because you keep coming back to complain. <laughs> no, that's or exactly like how we're Either looking way, at it. You're watching my shit. <laughs> that's great yeah that's, that's great exactly no. how we look at it man. uh good on you man good on you uh and then my last dishonorable mention uh thor the dark world <laughs> i really don't like that film it's actually funny because thor and iron man 3 came out that year and yeah. like two of the most mediocre mcu movies at the end of the day for me yeah i can um, agree actually like so but my my response to them has changed so significantly and drastically it's hilarious because when I saw Iron Man th- 3 in theaters, I absolutely, like, th- that movie pissed me off. Like, I was so hyped for Ben Kingsley's Mandarin, man. He looks, oh, like, yeah. he yep. looks yep. so savage, right? And then they do the switcheroo, but not even with, like, a good, like, it wasn't even a good villain. Like, he's not that interesting, like, whatever his face was, K- Killian, Aldrich Killian, wasn't even that interesting of a villain. So they switched out yep. something that could be a potentially, potentially iconic villain like you got ben kingsley playing the mandarin that is screaming the iconic version of that character right um i was like when i was watching the trailers all i could think of is like oh my god this is like their version of heath ledger's joker this guy's gonna be iconic they're doing it as this character and then there's like psych oh my name's trevor i'm actually an actor <laughs> like my name's trevor slattery <laughs> like it was just like so so bad so coming out of that movie i absolutely hated it i went to see thor the dark world in theaters and i came out of it loving it because like this movie lied to me so many times and i loved it like how many times i think thor was gonna die or something was the way it wasn't but it's like loki magic or whatever else happened i was like hilarious it was great had a lot of fun i watched iron man 3 a second time and i was like you know what getting past that whole thing this is actually a pretty good movie. Like, in general, it's a pretty decent film. It's okay. I actually kind of like this one. I watched Thor a second time. Couldn't stand this film. I was like, oh, I am so bored right now. I am so bored. Like, in the theaters, to me, it was so interesting. Maybe because you don't know what's actually always happening. It was the happening. first watch-through, yeah. So it's the first watch-through, so that's where that worked. But it doesn't hold up on a second watch-through. And then even at the end, like... For me, coming out of the theaters, I was like, man, that ending, it felt like Avengers, but on a smaller scale, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. And then I watched it a second time, I was like, this feels nothing like what I remember it feeling like at all. Like, it just didn't feel like Avengers, it feels like people running around with sticks and turning knobs while, like, three aliens chase them. It was like, or three Dark Elves, sorry, not Dark Elves. Yeah. But, like, so, at the end of the day, it's just funny, because my feeling on them i'm watching the first time and the second time or times after that completely has flipped but both so, are still not great but like yeah iron man 3 still like it's pretty good but it's not great like it still has that big thing on its shoulders and then thor the dark world is just not good like it just it has a lot of lot of problems and it doesn't hold up the first viewing sure that was one thing but anytime after that i'm like man this movie hold doesn't just doesn't hold up. That was a good film. Honestly, so. 
It's probably the I'm, weakest of the MCU. I'm neutral to both of them. Like, I don't love them, but I don't hate them. I think that they're they're Marvel films. Like, at the end of the day, like, at the end of the day, the worst Marvel film is still a pretty good movie. Like, at the end of the day, these these two would be, if oh, these two like, are the worst, for, like... For sure, yeah. They're still good. They're just not Marvel good. They're just not <laughs> great. This yeah. is gonna be a drive-by, but like, hey, Matt, they're just DC good. That's what they are. They're just... <laughs> Uh, they're just like dc in the middle of Actually, it not yeah. knowing no. what the hell is going on dude. if you had to choose between watching suicide squad and thor dark world what would you watch yeah that's actually a really good because both of them are very similar first view through i was like interesting second view through i was like this does not hold up honestly so probably answer... still, i would still probably watch thor though because i just like thor as a character and his world is far more interesting suicide squad was just boring you missed the you missed the third answer, which is I'll pick a different movie. Oh, that's actually a better <laughs> choice. <laughs> I like that choice. It was a secret choice. That was good. No, that's a bit. I'll it's just watch Infinity choice. War. Thanks, guys. Uh, DC. I kind of want to get back to it. I really, and I'm going back to Man of Steel a bit. I honestly, I really, it may just bums me out that Henry Cavill probably isn't Superman anymore, or they don't have plans uh, for it. It's yeah. still up in the air. They haven't really confirmed. Apparently, Batflex's back. What? Yeah. In and, what? And the, the Robert Pattinson one might become a prequel to Ben Affleck's Batman. You know, if Snyder Dude, it's a mess. Out, it could change everything. Who knows what could happen? Yeah. I'm just... That's... I've reached a point where I've stopped caring about superhero news. I'm just going to let uh, it happen. And I'm just... I'm yeah. just... I'm out. I'll, yeah. I'll watch just, the movies. I'm done just, with rumors. Uh, I'm done with speculation. Yeah. I'm done with waiting. I'll just... I'll sit calm, calmly and patiently. I'll let the movies come out. I have bigger things in my life that I need to worry about and focus on. True that. And that's kind of where I'm at. That's kind of where I'm at with them. Like, let them happen. Same thing with Star Wars. Big franchise. Let them happen, but Doesn't wasting my energy on my being... Life. I just... Wasting my energy uh, being upset about it. Just like yeah. I just wish Henry Cavill had, like, another chance to be Superman. I, I want to see like, him he's, be Superman. He, yeah, like, he's such a great actor, and he could totally just own that role and like now where the character is he is at the like character development stage where now he is the superman that everybody wanted and i think henry cavill would again do a fantastic job it. like yeah so i really hope he gets a chance even batfleck was good like ben affleck yeah, is batman not so much in justice league but then again that was one of the highlights of batman v superman was his batman and the interpretation looks... of it was great he looks like the animated Bruce Wayne, like from the, the animated series. Very we were similar. About. Like he looks. Yeah. If you look at a picture of Ben Affleck's Batman and then of like the drawing of like it, just it's you can see it's it's weird. It's weird, but it's cool, man. It's I like I liked Batfleck. I was a fan, so I'd be fine if he came back. Yeah, it's just yeah. confusing. But well, that whole thing is confusing. Who knows what's going on? But anyway, those are my worst films, twenty thirteen movie forty three, an abomination. Don't watch it. And Dishonorable Mentions, A Good Day to Die Hard, and Thor the Dark World. I think arguably Thor the Dark World is the best out of those three, for sure. <laughs> like, not even not even a doubt. Not even a doubt. But, okay, to you. Worst so films of mine, 2013. Mine is actually a setup for the next episode. Ooh. We're going to actually do a bit of a bit of a sneak peek Ooh, into the next episode. a sneak peek into episode because 14. Both of mine are adaptations. 
and both of mine are terrible adaptations. <laughs> like, awful. Like, not good. Not good in the slightest. And I'll go with the first one because I actually finished the first one. Fair enough. I'll go with the first one first. And that was World War Z. And you've heard me talk about World War Z. You yeah. The zombie media question, the book is amazing. The audiobook's amazing. Yeah. The movie isn't even a zombie movie. It's not. It's, it's, I don't know what it is. It's a mess. It's dumb. Brad Pitt's okay in it. I can't remember anyone else in it. The plot makes no sense. The zombies are stupid and they, they, they work like ants, but they don't really. And they, they, it's not, it makes me mad. It makes me really mad. It makes me really <laughs> upset. And I'm not the only one. There's a lot of us. How do you mess this up? The book, the book lines out everything so nicely you could have picked any one of those stories to adapt any single one of those stories to adapt from the book and they didn't they just did their own random ass thing and then threw the title on was like by the way guys this hit series just came out you should uh you should totally watch our movie because the book and yeah no it was so so bad it is and like once again even like because i want to say i watched the movie before i read the book and the movie was bad if even if the movie was good on its own legs then i could be more on board with it but the movie was bad just as a film well they didn't have the involvement of the original writer they didn't have him part of it at all he was going to be and then they just kind of like no, nah, we're good. And, we got mm-hmm. this. And they're like, oh, we don't got this. And they just, they made a bad quote-unquote zombie movie. Like, it was just not. And that's a problem with adaptations, which we're going to get into more of next week. Yes. However, I'm going to talk about my second pick, which is a movie I've never been able to finish. I've tried watching it three times, and I've never finished it. And that's which The Lone that? Ranger. Oh, I never watched that. It looked dumb. So, I grew up watching and listening to The Lone Ranger from, like, the 1940s and 50s. Like, my parents bought me some radio shows on tape. Uh, my grandparents had VHS tapes of the old show. Oh, okay. Um, I even watched a few different adaptations of, like, different movies and stuff like that, too. I love The Lone Ranger as a character. I love the concept of his character. I think he's a really strong character that you could do some really interesting stuff with. However, they did whatever that movie was. And for some reason, Johnny Depp is Tonto, which is just, that's problematic in himself. I don't care if he's one. You can sit here and be like, well, he's one sixteenth. No, there are plenty great, amazing first nations actors that you could cast to play Tonto. And it would be great. It would be amazing. It would be wonderful. But no. They went with Johnny Depp because I'm Pirates of the Caribbean. Because man. I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. And I like him as Captain Jack Sparrow, but that doesn't mean he needs to be in every movie ever. <laughs> yeah, and he's slightly weird character. The Lone Ranger also has very specific rules to his character that the creator outlined to make. Like, basically, this is what you have to do if you're making a Lone Ranger thing. And right. they've bent him, bent it a little bit in previous adaptations. One is you're never supposed to see the Lone Ranger's face without the mask on. And the original actor took this as far as, like, he actually 
would wear the mask out in public so he didn't so if any kids saw him it wouldn't ruin the illusion for them oh okay yeah and then the guy who owned the rights to the lone ranger sued him being like you can't wear the mask that's my character you can't do that so he started wearing big aviators to cover the face to stop like to make sure that again that illusion wasn't ruined for the kids and that's great i think that's amazing and i think that's a really notable understanding that's a character move that's somebody understanding like character that this like character, character. No, but, but it is though. Uh, like I'll just to. It's go both. It's said. okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Because I get you. Because saying. it's someone who understands that the character and the property is bigger than their own ego. Mm-hmm. And like I just mad respect to that. And like there's that there he doesn't kill. That's another thing he doesn't kill. But in this movie, I'm pretty sure in the first twenty minutes he kills people. I, <laughs> He's like, just murdering everyone. Maybe I'm wrong, but again I. <laughs> Dude, like, it's just, they they took this really cool, could've, should've been a Western, and made it this weird CG, super expensive action movie that Uh. it shouldn't have been. It's the same thing, like, I have similar complaints with Green Hornet, but I'll wait until we get to that year, whenever Green Hornet came out. Yeah, I don't remember. It was was (laughs) okay, it wasn't, yeah. I have have feelings. And so does Seth Rogen, which is a whole thing. But, like, we'll get into that. But specifically with The Lone Ranger, man, like, it's just, it's one that as an adaptation that was near and dear to my heart, I just, I can't stomach it. I can't sit through it because it is that. It's just, it's a massive disrespect to the series. It's literally just taking the characters, taking the name and being like, you know what? It's a Western. We'll put it in the wild West. Good enough. That's all we need to do. Nothing else has to like look the same or feel the same at all. And then, and then it flops and they're like, but why did it flop? And it's like, maybe because it was a bad movie. Yeah. No, that can't be it. That can't be... It's definitely not that. And, like, it's just... I don't understand. Adaptation shouldn't be this hard. It should not be this hard to adapt something. But it is, because everyone's like, I have unique, a unique vision. And it's like, okay, then why don't you make something original with that unique vision? And they're like, no, I'm gonna do this thing instead, because I like messing with people's properties. Yeah. I'm like, gonna take these... It's It's like going into someone's sandbox as a kid playing with their toys and then just like melting them down and, making and lighting them on fire. Yeah, them. I was just going to yeah. say that. <laughs> and it's like, but this don't is you my understand now. <laughs> what I'm doing with this? <laughs> Isn't it great? It's on fire. And it's like, no, it's not a no. shovel now. It's now a fire shovel and it's and mine. Okay. I don't know fully what we're going to be talking about with adaptations. Oh, I'm sure we can talk but, about plenty, but like, Oh, but I have, hey. I have thoughts. I have feelings and, I this mean, is just the like, tip of the iceberg, man. The, the most important thing, too, like when you're talking about adaptations, like, and again, I'm sure we'll talk about this tons next week, is just like, man, you got to have the soul of the franchise. You got to have the soul of the IP. Like, you can change the look, you can change designs, like those type of things. That's okay. But when you're missing you like the, the core components, the heart, the soul of the idea, uh, then like now you're in trouble. Now you're in trouble. And, and no amount of CGI is going to save you. Not to, like not not to go back to like me trying to talk bad about Man of Steel, but that is a lot of what people had a problem with with Man of Steel was that it was missing that heart of that character that they knew. But also, and that's why I'm more kind of curious oh, I talking see about that. this with you. Um, I can understand that, I guess. But even talking to you, I can kind of see where you're coming from, where it's like, but he's he was going to get to that point. And he should yeah, have got to that and, point. And it was like it was a character piece. It was honestly a character study and a journey. 
and like that's what spoke to me like it's like i, I feel you, like you know me from when we talk about like darkest hour and all you know all these other films we talk about like for me character yeah. is always like so prime and like these deep emotional character journeys the human aspects of things that's what interests me that's why i love these stories and films like that because i i love the like superhero films are great but like tony stark i'm not like wow what a humanly relatable character because he's tony stark man like he's got issues sure but he also has issues of a billionaire i don't have those problems <laughs> you know what i mean but when you're talking about like superman you're talking about specifically man of steel that's like he's got very human issues and trying to find himself and who he is and his purpose and where he belongs in this world and he even has a harder time than we do because he's not from this world and yeah. then to have all that to find that to discover it and then have to ultimately tear it all down and break it down and literally kill the last one of your kind right now you're truly alone is like i think he had a real i think Zack snyder had a really smart arc planned I think the following two movies completely derailed that arc. Um, but, like, yeah. I think if it would have just... I think if Man of Steel would have been able to make itself as a proper trilogy before bringing in Batman and all those different elements, I think if they would have made a Man of Steel trilogy or at least a second Man of Steel, I think we would have seen a much, like, clearer vision and idea of well, who he was going to be. It's the same thing with Batman, though. If they would have had a extra batman movie it probably would have been better too right if they would have actually had like well like introduce batman in his own movies to connect the two like in saying that like in saying that like yes they could have had their own batman movie but i was okay with batman and batman in that one because at the end of the day everybody like we get batman and we just had like an origin story and well well nolan's batman is very different from this one batman is still kind of batman at the end of the day right like there's different takes and interpretations but, like, a lot of the core essentials, like, most people get Batman. So just throwing Batman in there, I was okay with. And I really like this rendition of the Dark Knight Returns kind of older, grizzled Batman coming back into the fray. Uh, I liked that idea, so it worked. But I just think they needed more development with Superman. Because he wasn't at that place yet where they should have been trying to, like, do a pseudo-Justice League to make a Justice League, right? Like, they should have gave Superman a little bit more time to breathe. Because especially that rendition of him is so different than, again, what people are expecting, people were wanting. They wanted the complete Superman, but you have to get that character there. At least the direct... You don't have to. I guess you could start there, but where they decided to start, you had to let the character take that journey. And they just didn't let him do that. No, I agree. But, I don't know. What were we talking about again? Oh, yeah, question of the day. That was 2013, guys. Anyway, I guess I should wrap up that part of it. <laughs> Let us know what are your favorite films, worst films, what would you think about the overall year. You know our feelings on it. And, uh, yeah, let us know down in the comments section below. All right, question of the day, Ethan. So the question of the day might actually have to have me answer it first in order for me to make sense of it. Okay, fair enough. Um, What children's cartoon that you didn't watch growing up did you discover as an adult and what what's been a good one that's like stuck with you oh so like i i have an answer okay yeah one. you answer i'm not even sure i have to think about this so i never got to watch animaniacs growing up like my my parents were very anti-animaniacs for some reason i can't come up with a good answer and then about three years ago i finally got sh no less than three 
two or three years ago, I got shown Animaniacs for the first time. And I picked up the phone, and I called my mom, and I cussed her out about it. Because I'm like, Mom, what the heck is going on here? I This is perfect. This show is, like, right up my alley of, like, comedy. Why wasn't I allowed to watch this? This is, like, this is an Ethan show. And she's like, yeah, I probably should have paid more attention to what was in it. Rather than just listening to people tell me not to let you watch it. I'm like, you think? <laughs> Make your own decisions. You think? No, like, dude, it is so good. It is such a good show, and I really missed out as a kid growing up. I really did, because Animaniacs hmm. is just, like, solid. Like, It was fun. 10 out of 10, just entertaining as heck. Is there any shows you've kind of discovered as an adult from your childhood or not? Man, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Like, as far as animated shows that I had, didn't get to watch or didn't get to see, like, I know Simpsons wasn't a big, we weren't supposed to, but we still always did. It didn't matter. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's like shows you shouldn't watch, but then it's like, I go to my friend's house and I watch them anyway, so it's all cool. Or I watch it with about, my cousin uh, or my uncle, so it's all fine. Any live action shows at all? That's a hard one to answer for me, man, because, like, in our house, there was... Not really. It was really pretty much like a lot. Like there was, but well, like I mean, within we're... realms of real reality, right? Like obviously, it's like you weren't watching like an R-rated like slash 'em, hack 'em up. You know what I mean? I wasn't like I six mean, watching like Rambo. They did show you Jack the Dog at ten or eleven or twelve or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, but that was an accident. <laughs> but it was still pretty. Sure. Fun. It was a funny accident. <laughs> it was an accident. Um, I thought it was a family movie. <laughs> like, yeah, it was really for families. <laughs> uh, anyway, but no, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that it's like just wasn't allowed to watch or didn't watch that I've watched recently that I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I missed out on this one. No, that's fair. I guess like the only thing would be like, not necessarily things that I watched as a kid, but like series that were um, ongoing and that I didn't catch up to till later on, I guess. Not necessarily yeah. as a kid, but like The Office. You know what I mean? Like I used to see The Office on TV every once in a while. And I was like, this show looks stupid. And I never got oh, yeah. into it. And it was years that like the, the series wasn't over when I started watching it. But like we were probably like season five, season six. By the time I actually yeah. jumped on there, season seven, maybe even. No, nah, it's probably season six. I think Michael Scott was still there. It was before he left. Um, I honestly just watched like, it. Start. I only watched it for the first time last year, I think, or two years. Oh, ago. really? Yeah. No, I've been watching it for yeah. years now. But, but it's just it's more or less things like that, like shows that I won't jump on till to like season five and six, and that's kind of fair because it takes a lot of time for shows to catch traction, right, and to get the word yeah. around and. Like, you can have a show on for six seasons and then people finally discover it, and that's kind of, you know, where it picks up. Even Vikings, right? Like, it's on its sixth season now. It's final season. Final season. And I just started watching it. You know what I mean? Like, I just had started watching it this year. So, like, it's been on for, like, six years. I, I don't know. So, it, it's just more or less things like that. There's nothing okay. I can dig up from my childhood. I know, that's, that's lame. I wish I had an answer for that. Because I wish there was just something that I was like, oh my god, I wish I would have seen this as a kid. Just means you had a fuller childhood. Oh, and I just don't think there was... Yeah, man, like, we used to watch a lot of movies and cartoons as kids all the time. Like, so, it was very... 
yeah there isn't there wasn't anything my mom was just like you cannot watch that like so <laughs> literally half any any tv show my mom didn't like the look of it was like nah you can't watch this it's yeah no that, that definitely wasn't that wasn't my experience growing up so i, I probably don't i wish i had an answer for you but yeah i don't it's more or less just a couple things here and there that i watched later on tutors that series was already over before i watched that that was a really great series as well. That's when I first saw Henry Cavill, and I was like, I like this guy. He's oh, got he some great Jewish? acting chops. Yes! Yeah. He's like King Henry's best bud there. Brandon or Brandon. I can't remember the character's name. You learn something new every day. But that was the first time I seen Henry Cavill, and I was like, I like this character. He is great. I knew he was a fantastic actor, so when he became Superman... Because that's kind of when Henry Cavill started getting into the spotlight more was with Man of Steel. So yeah. maybe I even had a bias even then watching that film, right? A little bit that's more exactly attuned to it than most people were because I was like, this actor's so good. So maybe that was part of it too. But yeah, no. Sorry, bud. <laughs> no good answers. Yeah, no worries, man. <laughs> no good I'm answers. I mean, I'm really sad, Matt. How dare you? <laughs> you jerk. Why would you do I'm gonna that? I'm going to cry. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for us then today. That's that's <sighs> our that's our that's our feast a of feast films. of films. I after don't, dark, <sighs> after dark, Jack the dog. I don't know if I necessarily feel stuffed today. I feel like I feel it's so. It's been a week, man. Like, it's been a week. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm pretty. I'm beat too. And like, I just like 2013 i wish we would have been doing 2014 today you know what i mean like with all these like great movies that are like oh they got us so hyped but then just looking through 2013 it's just kind of like uh this is kind of how my week feels honestly <laughs> like or like the last week coming up to it right it's just yeah like, it's like meh there's a whole lot of meh going on but i don't know if i feel stuffed but it, you know it's always a pleasure yeah, talking I to you. I had it was a good time. I had a fun conversation. I had a good time. It's it always nice. a fun time, yeah. It's always a good time talking about movies. <laughs> Even if the like movies themselves also, aren't super great. We're also both ready for bed at this point in our old age. Oh, yeah. I'll probably be up for another three hours. Who knows? I was going to say this. I just drank a cup of coffee, and I was like, no, I'm hyped. Let's do no, it. No, no, man. Oh, I got some stuff to work out, but... Anyway, yeah, I know that's it for today's episode. Again, let us know what your uh, best worst film 2013. Who are you with? Batman animated series, Spider-Man animated series, or even like one of your favorite Saturday morning cartoons from back in the day. Because there is yeah. there's a lot of them, and I'm sure we didn't touch on like every single one of them. But uh, yeah, definitely let us know your answers there. And then if you have a cartoon that or a TV series that you were denied as a child and you've just recently discovered it, like Ethan... Let us know about that too. There's a lot of there's always great topics to talk about, but um, yeah. So Ethan, what's going on with you? What do you got planned for this week? And uh, maybe just to touch up on where people can find you. I have zero clue. I have no idea what I'm doing this week. Probably just try and work on some things some more. Try and watch some good movies for a change. I don't know. I feel like I have plans, but like I don't. I can't remember them right now. Um. Otherwise, you can find me on YouTube. You can find me with links below. Um, you can go to damnedrights.com and find links to where to find my movie, Damned Rights, and give it a watch. You can rent it on Real House or buy it on Real House. And yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. How about you, Matt? What are you, what are you up to? 
What's what's going on? What's going on with me? Uh, so this week coming up again, I'm just going to be still working on my uh, YouTube channel. It's coming along. The renovations, a lot of hard work going into that, and it's coming along nicely. I actually just recorded like six, my first six episodes yesterday, so I was really hyped about that. It's good. I got the first one almost done in the editing process, so it's just... Yeah, it's been great. And uh, again, you can find me on that YouTube channel as well. Again, it just says under construction. I can't remember exactly. I put like on the banner, like under construction or something. But on Storytellers yeah. for Life on YouTube, you can find me there. It's going to be all about reigniting your dreams, living your purpose, telling your stories. We're going to be using inspiration and storytelling tools and community to just really help, uh, you know, people grow and be able to share their stories and grow in confidence and be able to just, yeah, have a nice community to support you. Storytellers for life, man. That's what it's all about. Uh, you can yeah. follow me on Twitter at Storytellers4L because I couldn't spell for life because it was too long. But, you know, Storytellers4L, the number four. <sighs> but that's pretty much it. Yeah, a lot of stuff still going on this week. It's going to be a busy week coming up. Uh, probably watch another random movie here or there. Probably finish the second half of accepted that i was working on the internet still mm -hmm. keeps up but <laughs> that is pretty much it all right guys open, man. all right yeah okay well we will uh, see you guys here same time same place next week for episode 14 where we're gonna be talking about adaptations and it's gonna be awesome so we're really excited about that and then after that it's episode three, baby. We're at episode Star Wars episode oh, three. Boy. This so. one has come by real quick, oh, right? I know. This week has gone by so quick. And of course, let us know also what you guys think of our new like uh, outline and frame, how we're framing the episodes. Just let us know what you guys think of that as well. Because we're always trying new things and adapting. Um, usually after every Star Wars episode, every five episodes or so, we kind of switch it up and try and change things and find something that works for us and for you guys. So of course, let us know that below as well well lots of stuff for us for you guys to tell us just tell us everything tell us everything tell us how much we're terrible <laughs> exactly tell us about your childhoods let us know okay that's it okay this is uh this has been a feast of films episode 13 for the year 2013 which was super meh i am matt black and with me as always is ethan r hill we'll see you guys later have a great week we'll see you soon Bye-bye. So long. Toodaloo. Yeah. Yeah. Bow, wow, 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 Matt, you're singing, you're singing the Batman theme wrong. Oh, it's because it's Spider-Man. We do Man of Steel. We'll start from the really slow part. I refuse. I refuse. Okay, just go to bed. We'll see you later, you old bugger. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye, guys.